Good evening, friends. Each evening at this time, we'll be offering a guided uh, meditation uh, intended to be one of what are called the four Brahma Viharas, Um, probably mostly just one or perhaps the first two of these. And uh, this term Brahma Vihara might be new to many of you, some of you. Um, Literally, it means divine abiding or uh, God-like, abode of the gods, maybe even more literally, but it means divine or sublime, sometimes translated as sublime abiding. And these are four, um, I could say, qualities of mind, of heart that are, um, the Buddha spoke about a lot and they're they're held to be um, really beautiful, uh, wholesome qualities of mind and heart. And they're not not ones that we, we don't know. They're not something new. But these meditations are intended to uh, really t- directly touch into and cultivate and um, highlight and bring attention to these, these different qualities of heart. And in a way, you could say that they, they show up or they, they manifest as the the natural response of the heart that has, um, of the heart that is released, or the heart of uh, wisdom and um, and a kind of a deep clarity of seeing that they're the natural response of the heart. And we can uh, they arise unbidden on their own, and we can also intentionally cultivate them. And so these four are, I'll say, the Pali names and the uh, English translations. So they're metta. Karuna, Mudita, and Upeka. Metta translated often as loving kindness or kindness. Karuna, compassion. Mudita as uh, empathetic or appreciative joy, delight in the good fortune of others. And Upeka, equanimity. So tonight I'll introduce the first of these, Metta. When I went to my first retreat, I mentioned last night, I learned to meditate at a a 10-day retreat. And there were all these signs around, helpful little signs, don't bring any food or drink into the meditation hall. And it was signed Metta. Please be on time for the sitting, signed Metta. And I I thought it was some well-intentioned busybody who called themselves Metta. So I hadn't ever heard of that term. But now it's become uh, much more... Uh, in a sense, widespread. There's a, a former uh, NBA basketball star who has uh, named themselves Meta World Peace. Um, they were actually, as a basketball player, they were famous for their kind of rough play, but they seem to have <laughs> had a change of heart in some way. So I want to dis- read uh, a description from from the suttas of, uh, that's a classical way that each one of these is described um, with this, uh, this short uh, verse. Um, so in this case, it will be, uh, the word will be loving kindness for metta. <clears throat> one abides suffusing the first quarter with a mind imbued with loving kindness. Likewise, the second, likewise, the third, and likewise the fourth, and so above and below and all around and everywhere and to all as to oneself. One abides suffusing the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with loving kindness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. And this, this description is... Um, in each case, uh, in the case of the compassion, you would say one abides suffusing the first quarter with a mind or heart imbued with compassion, with uh, joy, with equanimity. So the same exact words with the, those changes made. And this, um, in a way, I find this, this verse is quite beautiful in a way. It points to the fact that there's a traditional way of, of practicing this where we, we uh, send this quality out. We, it's moved out in a kind of uh, different directions to cover all possible areas. 
It's almost like a beautiful poem. But it can sound beyond our usual experience, beyond something we might think of as um, something we we've know or very grand, you know, these words, abundant, exalted, immeasurable. That sounds maybe beyond what we would feel we're capable of. Um, there's a phrase in one of the texts that touches on something I think that's really helpful when we um, start to think about uh, these kinds of practices of cultivating and then um, suffusing or radiating this energy of, of kindness in this case. This is from one of the texts. It says, just as one would feel friendliness upon seeing a dear friend, so one extends loving kindness to all beings. And the word metta is very closely related to the word mitta, which literally means friend. And I think friendliness is really a great translation as we think of the quality of friendship, of friendliness, this is something that I think we can all uh, get a sense for, that um, naturalness of that and, and this uh, being a quality that we've all uh, tasted at times, this sense of goodwill, simple goodwill, of wishing well to someone we care about. We all have probably had that experience at some point in our life. Maybe something we, we feel uh, regularly, since that we hold a friend, someone who's dear to us, with the heart of, of goodwill. That we wish them to be happy, wish them to be at ease. So I, I think um, friendliness is really a great way of thinking of this quality of heart. It's said that. Um, the cause, the, sometimes in, these, in describing these kinds of things, it's one, one text has kind of a technical way of speaking about it. And it says the proximate cause, the thing that is most um, conducive to it arising, it's said to be um, seeing lovableness in beings, seeing beings as, as, as lovable. And it's said that its footing, the foundation that it rests upon, is seeing with kindness. It's like we, we look through the lens of kindness to what is lovable in beings. So it's this intentional turning in that way. We tune to that. And you know, if we think about ourselves and others, Certainly for myself, you know, it's a mixed package there. And there are things we like about ourselves and others and things we, we don't so much, perhaps. But a lot of the time we focus on the things that we think aren't quite up to par or that we don't like so much or that seem like they're problems. You know, and maybe a lot of the reason we come to this kind of practice is because we, we see things that are difficult or things that we find troublesome in our own mind and heart. And we want to work on that, improve that in some way. And we can, we can see uh, with, we're not often, maybe we don't always put on the lens, the glasses, the, the look through kind eyes and look at what's lovable in our own mind and heart and our own being and in, in others. And it really conditions this quality of, often of, of aversion, of negativity, of judging, and feelings of separation. So with this practice of metta, where it's this conscious decision to focus on what's good and beautiful and lovable in ourselves and others. And it's not that we're pretending that we're perfect or anyone else is perfect. That's not that. But we're, we're intentionally... Um, putting our, atten- our attention in, uh, in this particular way. We're, we're tuning in that way. And, and it um, it's really can change uh, the, our sort of default way of being in the world to do this. 
It's not some unrealistic, some people think it's this sort of, I've had people use the term of Pollyanna. It's this expression of, of pretending everything is just all beauty and light and love and birds chirping and, you know, soft breezes and like Hallmark greeting card or something, you know, everything's all, all nicey-nicey. And, and that's a very superficial way of thinking of this. It's really a, a deep, profound um, change. And we, we can consciously create a field of goodwill and where others get the sense that we, we want the best for them. We wish them well. And, you know, we can feel sometimes that we're not worthy of love or that others aren't worthy of love and that we have to somehow transform ourselves, as I was saying, fix our, these tragic, flawed personalities before we're worthy of love. But if we think of metta as friendliness, then, then there's a doorway into saying that that's not, that's not what this is about and that's not required. If we think of someone that we hold as a friend, we don't demand that they be perfect. We know they're not perfect. That's one of the hallmarks of friendship, is that this quality of accepting. And it doesn't mean that we wouldn't, you know, offer helpful advice or whatever, you know, be a true friend and point out places where people, maybe our friends have a blind spot and they could use uh, some honest reflection of something that's uh, ways that they may be uh, getting off track or something. Of course we do that. And that in itself is a quality of kindness, can be. We don't demand that perfection. And, and we, this, this sense of um, this, this well-wishing, even with the imperfections that may be there. So it's this metta is this generosity of heart. It's like a gift. It doesn't demand or ask for anything. It's like an open hand. Well, wish you well. It recognizes the universal wish that everyone in this room and all beings everywhere share this wish to be happy, to be at ease, to be peaceful, to uh, be safe and, um, and um, all the different ways we might express those, those qualities. We each might say that in a different way, but it's a beautiful, wholesome, and inherently lovable thing. And we tune to that wish. And this is true even for those beings who seem to be doing everything to cause themselves and others to suffer. Underneath that is a being who wishes to be happy just like us, but they may be very confused about what would actually bring happiness. And they may have lived through um, conditions that we can't even imagine that have caused them to lose sight of their inherent goodness. But under those actions which often cause great harm, there's a being that wishes to be happy just like us. So we can tune to that. And that's not always easy, but that's a possibility. And it really is a great balance for the meditation practice, the Vipassana practice, which can seem kind of cool and almost clinical sometimes. And it sometimes is called, um, you know, pure insight meditation is sometimes called the dry path of insight. Uh, metta moistens that dry path, <laughs> brings in some moisture and some heart. And we really need it. And it's, it's this sense of, of the wings of awakening that I spoke about last night of, of wisdom and compassion, you could say, of, of wisdom and the, the heart qualities. And we need them both. <clears throat> and this quality of metta, it soothes and moistens and has, um, um, really brings healing and uh, warmth to the heart, to the mind, increases, increases the flexibility and the spaciousness in the mind and the heart ease and, and helps us stay balanced in the face of all that shows up because sometimes things show up that are really hard to be with. And, you know, we, we're, we spend, if we take this practice to any depth at all, we're going to have times when there'll be things arising in our experience that are really difficult for us. And so metta helps us to stay in a place of balance with that. So 
So I'm, I'm speaking more tonight by way of an introduction than we when will be the case in the future, but just a couple more things to touch on. With each of these qualities that I've spoken about of the Brahma-viharas, of kindness and compassion, joy, equanimity, it's said that there's a near and a far um, enemy, or sometimes people prefer to say near, far, and neighbor, something that is kind of its opposite. So in the case of kindness, you could say it's some um, ill will or hatred, the very opposite of that. And that's usually fairly easy to spot because it's not, doesn't look like kindness, <laughs> doesn't look like friendliness, ill will, hatred. But there's a, a near neighbor or near enemy that can fool us sometimes, that can masquerade like the real thing because it is a heart quality and, and there's a sense of connection there. And in the case of uh, kindness, of metta, it's, the, the, um, it's love that has a kind of um, quality of um, attachment or um, a conditional kind of love or one that is, uh, has a, uh, qualities of desire or wanting uh, as an aspect of what's there. So this quality of metta, this generosity of heart is, is like a gift, as I said. It's this uh, offering, asking nothing in return. But love with attachment is, is a love that says, I'll love you if, if you do what I want, if you love me back, if whatever, all the kinds of conditions kind of uh, asking for something. Uh, it's not a completely open hand. It's, it's a hand that's extended, but it's asking. Um, there's a wanting there, a desire, a requirement, a condition that's there. This open, generous hand um, just leads to, uh, it leads to feelings of um, ease and fulfillment, peace ultimately. The other one has this um, tendency to, um, there's a need for getting something in there. And it leads to very different kinds of mind states and often can uh, lead to the sense of, um, of fear and disappointment or possessiveness you know, or insecurity. <coughs> there's a limitation, this one, I love this one, not that one. There's a distinction. But metta is, is um, ultimately, and this of course might not, it's not like it's always going to immediately be that way, this way, but ultimately metta has this possibility to be truly boundless and immeasurable like in that description. And, and to make no distinctions between beings. And, and with this quality, with this quality of metta, beings are judged as worthy of love, we and all beings, just because we're living beings. That's the qualification there. Being a living being. Right now, somewhere in the world, a lot of places in the world, someone right now is wishing, may all beings, they are repeating this phrase and offering this energy out. May all beings be at ease. May all beings be happy and well. They're sending that to every one of us. And they don't even know us. But they're extending that to any and all living beings. It's always this inclusive energy. So that's a possibility that the mind and heart can actually be that wide, that open, and um, this sense of this boundless, unconditional nature. And this is really, um, there's something empowering in this because it's flowing from our inner being and not from conditions in the world. And this is empowering because we, we see that how we feel and how we are in the world is in so many ways up to us. That it's not, we're not uh, just at the, at the, the, we're not always buffeted about by the changes, that we can actually have a choice and that um, we can 
turn and tune the mind and the heart in this way. So we'll do a a short uh, guided meditation and start in just a moment. I want to mention one or two things um, that that's probably good to bear in mind is that um, metta practice and, and any meditative practice is a is a they're all practices of purification. And the insight practice, the vipassana, is, is called the path of purification. And metta uh, really functions in this way. And purification is kind of not always beautiful or cool, fun. Purity, we like, that's really nice. But we want to do an end run around the purification part because sometimes that's kind of kind of messy. And metta functions often like a magnet and it will pull out everything that isn't like metta. And when I first was introduced to this practice, I just, what I saw in my own experience was hatred. I hated the teacher and their stupid voice and I hated everything. And it was, you know, it's like, it, it was, it was a little disappointing. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be cultivating kindness and my mind is just screaming, I hate you, I hate everything. <laughs> and, you know, I just have to sit there kind of noting hating. And if that happens, that's good practice. Don't, don't judge yourself. So I was convinced that this was some quality I had never experienced. I had no idea what it was and was incapable of ever feeling. That's what I came, where I came to. And a lot of that hatred was, got turned right towards myself. So um, be really careful if, if that's your experience. Don't judge yourself or judge this practice if that happens. And we may, you know, if we're trying, if part of our mind is saying, may you be happy, and the other part is screaming, I hate everything. There's, there's kind of a disconnect there. <laughs> and at some point, if it's going down like that, you may have to let go of trying to cultivate the metta and just really turn the attention to that emotion of, of uh, aversion or of, of sadness or anger or whatever. If that comes up, that, that's a di- our fallback is the vipassana practice. So be sure and keep that in mind. And I'm not predicting. You may all just be filled with boundless love immediately. May it be so. It might be. I could be an anomaly here. But it may be that at times some other emotions could show there, could rise up there. So don't worry. You know, think of this practice. A great way to think about it is each time we bring... Uh, this fear, this thought or the, this intention of offering kindness, it's like we're planting a seed. Was it Rebecca? Yeah, in Rebecca's talk uh, this evening, she used this image of, um, of practice like cultivation and, and being as a, uh, like being a farmer where we're preparing the soil and, and into that soil we're planting the seed. And every moment of mindfulness is a seed. And every moment where we have the intention to uh, offer to connect with this feeling of kindness, that's another seed. And that's what we can do. We cannot make them sprout and grow, but we can plant them. And uh, one teacher actually said that in their practice, because in this practice we'll use, we use the thinking uh, mind and words, um, images, so it's, it's more, um, it's a different way of practicing in some ways than the Vipassana. And they, this one teacher said, each time they would say a phrase like, may I or may you be happy, they would actually visualize putting a seed in, planting a seed. So that's a great uh, image, I think, and, and uh, that might be useful for some of you. So, um, you know, be, be careful of expectations of some idea that it should feel any particular way, that, some, you know, just plant those seeds and let go of expectations because this and all our practice requires this gentle um, perseverance, great patience, and just um, deep acceptance of, of the way things are. Whatever comes up, it's all okay. So, <clears throat> um, so we'll do a, a bit of a guided meditation. 
I've spoken a little bit longer, quite a bit longer than I was planning to, but I really feel like I need to give an introduction tonight. So find a posture now that's as comfortable as as you can be, given that you've been sitting all day. (laughs) If you want to switch to a chair, there's some empty ones. Uh, If you want to... um, yeah, adjust your posture in any way. So start out with as much ease in the body as, um, as you can find. And I might run a little later than uh, was on the schedule just because um, I'm getting a late start on the meditation part. So uh, for a moment now, as we begin this, just... Just let yourself be exactly as you are. Don't do anything. Let go of anything that feels like something you're trying to do. Anything that feels like a focus or a practice. Just let yourself be. Be a living being just as you are, however that is for you right now. Doesn't matter what kind of mood is there. You could be grumpy or tired or bored or relaxed or interested. It's fine, however it is. I'd be glad you came to the meditation. You might be wishing you'd had the good sense to go take a nap. Whatever's happening for you right now is fine. You don't have to do anything. Just be just as you are. No agenda, nothing to get or try to do. Maybe that's the kindest thing you could do right now is, is just to let yourself be. So a kind of deep simplicity in that. And if you'd like to, if it seems interesting or maybe from past experience you've found it helpful, you can let your attention move to the area we call the heart center. Not so much the physical beating organ of the heart, but the area in more in the center of the chest at the base of the sternum is kind of a soft, tender spot there. And you could breathe into that part of the body or perhaps place the fingertips or the hand there. Just if that seems interesting. Not trying to find some special sensation or, or anything, but just sort of letting the attention rest in this area we call the heart center. Sometimes other traditions call it the heart chakra, it's said to be the seat of wisdom and kindness in the body. And through touch or breath, You might connect with this part of the body. Again, there's no agenda with that. a few couple minutes now and and bring to mind 
a being that's very easy for you to care about. Might be someone who's who's been just very kind to you. Sometimes, uh, traditionally, we think there's the term benefactor, but that may not be meaningful. We can think of a benefactor as someone who's just um, easy for you to care about, who would be there for you if you needed a someone to talk to or someone who's been very kind to you. It might be a teacher or possibly a relative. Or it could be just a being that's very easy, perhaps a child, perhaps an animal, a pet or another animal that you find it easy to care about. I I like to start with an animal because that's very easy for me. Near where I live in northern Arizona, there are these animals that I'm very fond of called prairie dogs. There used to be lots of them, but their habitat has been been lost so much. But there's still some around. And I find it very easy to wish them well. I love them without having to try. So there might be an animal that's like that for you. Or some person who's in your life that's real and personal where you just, if you think of them, maybe you even find a smile coming and it's easier for you to offer them wishes of goodwill. So if there can be an image or a felt sense, and it doesn't have to, it might not stay, it just might come and go a bit. And sometimes it'll be not so useful to have a, an image or a felt sense. It might be quieter for you. It could be, it could be a, a tree or maybe the earth or a pond. It doesn't have to be a living being, but some, something that you can wish well, that touches the heart and there's this sense of friendliness there. So we're starting where it's really easy. And so the way we're, at least um, today, there's different ways we can offer this practice, but today I'm going to offer kind of a classical way of practicing where we connect uh, a feeling, a felt sense, or an image, gentle connection with some words, short phrases that evoke this quality of kindness and friendliness. And then seeing if that feeling might arise in moments. And it doesn't have to be big and grand and exalted and immeasurable, just a gentle sense of wishing well. So I'll say a few phrases and then you can try some of those or come up with some of your own. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May you be healthy and strong May you care for yourself happily as you live in the world. And some people find coming back to a connection to the heart after each phrase, pause for a moment. Again, not trying to create a sensation or look for something, but just 
reconnecting with the body simply in this part of the body. I'll offer a few more phrases and then I'll have some quiet time. May you be happy and peaceful just as you are. May you be free of trouble and worry. May you be safe and protected. May there always be kindness and friendship for you. Now, in your own words or using some of those phrases, bringing to mind the image or felt sense of the being just gently offering these wishes of goodwill, planting the seeds of kindness. If things get vague or you start to lose the thread of of the practice, just come back to feeling the body sitting, maybe reconnecting with the heart center if that's interesting or useful. Letting that image or felt sense arise again. And reconnecting with a word or words that help touch or evoke this sense of simple friendliness. This wish that this being be at ease, be happy and safe.
now for just a couple of moments, you can kind of turn the the energy in, into this sense of receiving this from this being. It's touching into the way that they would wish you to be at ease and also adding your own wishes for yourself to that. May this one, may I, you may say, might say may I or may this one be happy and peaceful. May this one be safe and protected. May I be safe and at ease. May this one be healthy and strong. May I be healthy and strong. May this one have ease of well-being. May I care for myself happily. And may there always be kindness and friendship for me. Receiving this from your dear easy being, your benefactor, and also offering this to yourself, combining those and receiving that. Just letting it come in softly and gently, like light or like a gentle breeze, silently or with words. Now as we come to the end of this period of meditation together, you just start to let go of of words and images and not pushing them away, but just letting them fall away. Learning to let go of, of something that feels like a practice or something you're trying to do or a focus for your attention. Just let that go for now. Settle back into this quality of simply being just as you are. There's nothing you have to do right now. There's nowhere you have to go. There's no one you have to be. There's nothing you have to get 
and there's nothing you have to get rid of. There's nothing to hold on to, nothing to let go of. There's no inside, there's no outside. There's no meditation, there's no one trying to meditate. So we'll be offering this uh, period of guided meditation uh, once a day at this time, but um, you don't have to only do it then. So you can bring this, weave this into your day. Some people like a period of meditation with uh, a few minutes of metta. You may feel um, drawn to doing it for longer periods of time. Sometimes it's nice to begin and end the day with some of this practice. So uh, let that happen uh, organically. Let it arise spontaneously. If you notice it, tune to it. Invite it in. Um, So uh, let that be a possibility for you in different ways as you go through uh, the week that you can practice uh, this kindness meditation at different times. And um, we start um, where it's easiest. Sometimes ourself might be easy. For me, it wasn't. My teacher said I should put myself in a difficult category. <laughs> but uh, find some, some place where it's really easy uh, with a, a being where uh, that sense of friendliness just arises um, you know, in, in as simple and uncomplicated a way as possible. So um, we have some uh, time now for some walking meditation. And then the next... Um, Sitting period is scheduled for uh, 8.30, and our intention uh, is to offer, uh, to begin that period of meditation with some chanting, uh, traditional, uh, at least part, we might do more than one, but we'll start tonight and mainly be doing a uh, metta practice chant in this Pali language. And um, it's quite a, it's a chant that's been around, that's done a lot. Someone, lots of people are doing it right now somewhere in the world. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an actual practice of metta. So the words are offering um, this, this well-wishing energy. So um, it's, it's quite a nice way to end the day to do some 
uh, bring our voices together in that way. So please be welcome for that at 8.30. And I put the, the sheets out on the, the two tables where the, they were last night. There's new chanting sheets. And um, please pick up one of those on your way back in at uh, 8.30. So, um, yeah. It's been a long day. But you're all still here. So that's my... Our team, I'll speak for the team, our criteria of you doing well is that you're still here. So, uh, and, and uh, I'll say more about this later, but give yourself a nice pat. Good, good yogi, good being. <laughs> well done, well done. And we'll see you uh, at 8.30. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.